3: With me, the dolly dropper, James Hurl, Ian Slat Slater, Ian Alderson, and Ollie Griffith for your latest dose of all things lower league Shropshire cricket. And welcome back to the Cow Corner Podcasts Extra Show, episode 14. I'm James Hurl, and once again, I am joined by. My good friends, Ian Slater, Ian Alderson, and Ollie Griffiths. How are we, guys? The final two weeks of the season, or for some of
1: our divisions, Division 7 and 8, we're going into our final weeks. Yeah, Excellent. good. Very well. Really good. Looking forward to this uh, final run-in and see what happens. Some of the things, some of the things, will are pretty close and may well already be decided in some divisions. But there's a lot to play for. Yeah, a lot to play for at the top in a lot of the divisions,
3: and in a couple of the divisions, there's still t- a few sides looking to save themselves from relegation. But it's—I know we've said it every episode—but it's it's been a bit of an interesting season, and I think. I don't know whether I speak for everyone, but I think there's a lot of people who'd be quite glad where, just to get over the line and to get this season finished off and like scratched off and moving on to the next one. Ollie, I can see you <laughs> nodding very enthusiastically. So we'll start
2: yeah. yeah. Can't wait to, <laughs> it's been a tough season to say the least. So I can't wait to uh, be able to put my feet up and uh, not worry about getting the ground ready and, uh, are we going to have more than seven players this week? It's going to be a um, nice time <laughs> to
0: relax. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been one of the most difficult seasons that um, I've ever been involved with, and not not from the availability point of view, just the weather. You know, you, there's been no real since June finished. You know, we've hardly had, I think we've played two games in a row now the last couple of weeks, but it's just been so stop-start. Nobody's been able to get any form into any rhythm. And, you know, people find other things to do except play cricket. I think it's been a really difficult season and not because of anything to do with cricket. Yeah, I'd,
1: I'd agree with that. I think you're actually right in terms of the form side of things because it's been so, as you said, it's been so stop-start that, you know... <laughs> It's been difficult for teams to get into a flow and to get the momentum going. So, when you look at those sides that are top of the table, um, and you know, the likes of Wheaton Aston, Church Stretton, who have been up there all season pretty much, it just shows you how well they're actually playing. If you think they, they've been stop start as much as anybody else has. So,
2: unless you New Town, of course.
1: Well, yeah, you know, we played, um, uh the inclement stuff get a game on the boys you know I'd, I've no I've no problem with that to be honest with you because I think you know it's about getting games on and if they can get a game on and do it without getting incurring the groundsman's wrath then <laughs> fair play to them um yeah I, I I have no issue with that the more chance you get to play cricket the better
3: yeah and another thing that's happened and I don't know whether it's a byproduct of the amount of abandoned games that we've had but I think it, I think we've had about 19 games conceded this season across Division Four and eight, three in Division Four, um, six in Division Five, uh, two in Division Six, uh, five in Division
1: Seven, and three in Division Eight. So, does make a difference? That, that, that. To be honest with you, that if you go back over the years, that stat doesn't really change an awful lot. Because uh, I actually did the exercise a few years ago um, and we were hitting sort of 40s, you know, high 30s and 40s of games conceded um, in seasons. So actually it's a lot better than it has been. Um, it's, it's just a fact of life, unfortunately, is that, you know, um, post-COVID, Actually, it could be an awful lot worse because people, you know, you're struggling for players, a lot of clubs, because people found other stuff to do. um, And, you know, we can't keep using the COVID excuse, but it's kind of still there. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, that, that stat doesn't seem to dis- disappear ever. And it doesn't seem to go away because, you know, it'll be a different club next year that will struggle um, all of a sudden. And, the only know.
2: thing I will say is that in Division 5, all six of those concessions are North Shropshire. Based. Three of three of us and three of Fence Bank. Mm. Um, I know which yes. seconds have struggled. Wem um, have struggled for to get teams out. And I, I know it's not just an All Shropshire thing; it's a county-wide thing. Um, but there does seem to be a particular uh, void of cricket players in the north of the county for some reason.
0: Mm, uh, that's, Hod, that's Hodnet,
2: nice. Hodnet also struggled. Hall have struggled on occasion. Uh, I know yeah. their I know their one concession was because they were going to Finals Day. Um, <laughs> yes, but they have they have struggled to get 11 players on the pitch every week. So um, yeah, it's, there seems to be something particularly tough in the North of the county for some reason.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's, it is difficult. And I think it's, it's, um, I don't know. I looked into it quite a lot a few years back and it was kind of, it didn't really matter. You know, you'd, you'd have a number of divisions that were, were struggling. um, And then, you, you get the unexpected one in a higher division where you get a conceded game. And you think, well, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. You know, and as you said, Wem, Wem seconds conceded a game. You never mm-hmm. expect a club like Wem to be conceding games, but you know, three games,
3: three games conceded in those top four division, uh, top four divisions and the Prem to Division Three Wem, as you mentioned, Oswestry and Treisel.
1: Yeah. And I think potentially, I think tri- Treisel, Treisel's an interesting one because they, you know, they got promoted last year, run away with the division um, and then have kind of come up against it this year. And I know they had issues where there's some vandalism at the ground and what have you, but I think maybe it's just a case of, well, suddenly we're not winning every week. Getting You know, we're, games are tough and suddenly people sort of find other stuff to do mm. when, it's, when it's hard work and it's difficult. That's not saying anything against the treason lads, but I, I, I'm i not surprised that they, they yeah. they've struggled, struggled for a game.
3: I have heard rumours on the rumour mill and again these are rumours this is nothing concrete but I have heard rumours that they are going to be potentially merging with the side outside of Shropshire which is going to be something to uh, keep an eye on because that will have an impact along with whatever happens in the Birmingham League and whatever happens with the Shropshire sides in the playoffs um, in regards to teams going up and going down. Yeah, that's. I guess that's another thing that we're going to be looking at. Um, probably not in this episode, but in further episodes, when you're looking at some sides, probably going to have to potentially make those big decisions of where where they cut their cloth, where you know how many how many teams are they going to be putting out? I've heard of some sides who are potentially putting three sides out this season, looking to maybe minimise and go down to two and so forth. So. You never know. But then also, there's some sides who are probably doing really well who are looking, who will probably expand. But I always think it's a bit of a dangerous thing when you start removing sides from your club because I think that it can quite quickly escalate and players aren't getting games of cricket. And then all of a sudden, you've gone from having three teams to two teams.
1: And then all of a sudden, you're at one team and struggling to get 11 out. Yeah. I mean, there are some very, very, Close examples of that. Acton Reynolds is a very good example. That used to have two sides, went down to one side. We know the trials and tribulations they had. Holly Calverhall used to have two sides not too far back. Um,
2: yeah, we went for in one, virtually in one season from struggling to get 11 for the seconds to um, by the end of the season, struggling to get 11 for the firsts.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Just, you, like you said, people aren't going to, they know, oh, we're not going to, those sort of fringe players that were. Yeah. Sort of, Okay for the seconds, but they were, you know, they're not going to get in the first team. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, we're going to do something else or go somewhere else. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're struggling for you make you the team higher team.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the really sad example of that is Tibberton, um, because you know Tibberton used to have two sides, and then they folded their seconds, and then their first started to struggle, and they end up merging with Hodnett to try and keep themselves alive and now they don't exist at all
2: i don't believe there's even a cookie pits there anymore it's, it's been
1: no there's houses there now and parking and what have you sad times but
3: yeah so i mean in this episode we are previewing the final two weeks or as we've mentioned the final week in division seven and technically division eight we all know by now if you're if you're regular listeners to the Calcon Extra podcast that we do have that special game week 21 where Chirk and playing Kai Glass which is going to be the most attended cricket game in Shropshire that weekend as everyone turns up to see uh the Battle of the Titans the Welsh Derby is uh two big sides is Kai Glass in Kai Glass technically in Wales it's still in England I guess it's probably still in England this is where my geography comes to fault but um yeah it's, it's still um, still in England just yeah still in England well there we go um you England see the versus Wales way. but um I'm pretty sure you probably still find some Welsh rugby shirts in and around like <laughs> <laughs> chi region but uh yeah everyone already knows that my Shropshire geography is shocking anyway um but yeah guys let's get ourselves started and we'll get started with our first division and division four Okay, so leading the way in Division 4, as they have since week four, are Wheaton Aston. Wheaton Aston leading the way on two hundred and eighty-seven points in second place, just behind them on two hundred and sixty-four points are Whitchurch, second eleven, and third place are Gillsfield with 258 points. So six points behind them, four points behind them in fourth are Newport, second eleven then 32 points behind them in fifth are harpers three points behind them are shrewsbury third 11 then nine points behind them in seventh are hodnet and peplo in eighth place on 203 points so seven points behind them are frankton's second 11. five points behind them in ninth are condover so that's and that's 24 points between ninth and fifth there um in 10th place on 175 points so that is 23 points behind Condover in 10th. Our Shifnal third 11. And then down at the bottom in 11th place, Bridge North, 3rd 11 on 102 points. So 73 points behind Shifnal. 50 points remaining means that Bridge North are confirmed in the bottom two. And in the 12th place on 79 points. So 23 points behind Bridge North, 3rd 11 are Bishop's Castle. So I guess we're kind of looking at this top of the table position here in uh, division 4 where we've still got four sides who can still kind of have a chance of winning the division um Newport second eleven and fourth can finish with a maximum of 304 points um which means that <laughs> which means that they are <laughs> that, that means that Aston can only get 70 well 16 more points um if Newport are to win um Gillsfield can finish with 308 so yeah add four more points onto Wheaton Aston there but I guess the main contenders here are going to be Wychurch second 11 um 23 points behind 50 points remaining they can finish on a maximum of 314 so you're looking at that and also a reminder final game of the season in division four Wheaton Aston play Wychurch second 11 and um Wheaton-Aston's next game are against Hodnett and Peplow, a side who have been in great form recently. Hodnett and Peplow have not lost in their last five games. Their last defeat came to Harper's in week 13. Um, since then, they got a win against Shifnal, a uh, winning draw against Condover, victory against Bishop's Castle, winning draw against Newport, who are in and around them, which is a big Big results and then beat Bridge North. Third and fourth, uh, Gillsfield have got Shrewsbury who are in sixth and then finish the season against 11th place Bridge North. So, you know, that could be quite interesting. And then Newport second 11 have got Frankton who got a big win against Wheaton-Aston last week. And then Harper's, so not the easiest of run-ins for Newport second 11. And their tie yeah, there was a tie <laughs> in Division 4 last weekend. Their tie against Whitchurch last week probably didn't really do either side any favours as they both probably wanted to get out of that with
1: a victory. Yeah, definitely. And I think those final games will be... It's, it's difficult because this week, you look at it this week and it could be, you know, with, with Wheaton-Aston playing Hodnet, um Witchurch should be too strong for Bishop's Castle, I would expect um, and uh, would expect, well, they would expect to pick up uh, maximum points there and depends what the captains do this year because don't forget last year it was win-lose the final run in the games so the maximum you get was 21 now um it's win lose draw so you can get 24 25 points and therefore the toss becomes all important in terms of what you're going to do I think going into that final game there'll be a fag paper between them I really do I think Wheaton if Wheaton Aston pull all the stops out and 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 it this weekend then it makes it a little bit academic but I don't know I think there could be some more twists in this division yet but you know Wheaton Aston have been there all season and you know, been top of the pile, as you said, pretty much from week four um, and have had a great season. So it would almost be a shame to see them not go on and, and win the title. But, you know, that's cricket, isn't it? We'll see what happens.
3: Yeah, the reason Wies and Aston only took top spot in week four was because they won their first game, but so did Gillsfield and Newport. And from memory, I believe, that the other Gillsfield had an umpire which meant that uh, Wheaton Aston were join second, and then Whitchurch and uh, some other sides basically played in week two and three. Whitchurch, in Frankton and Harpers, and Frankton all played in weeks two and three, which meant that they weren't in the top spot. But since then, Wheaton Aston were unbeaten. They went on a eight game winning streak. Uh, which took them clear, and they've had three games abandoned, one against Gillsfield, then had another week off uh, where everyone was abandoned. Then they had their game against Bishop's Castle conceded to them, so they won that one. And then since then, they've gone loss, win against Bridge North, and then loss. So loss to Newport, second Eleven, win against Bridge North, and then a loss against Frankton. So maybe... Stumbling at the end, and if you are Whitchurch, that's got to give you a little bit of
0: hope, Ian. I I agree. I mean, and I think I agree with Slats. Whitchurch playing Bishop's Castle is a huge fixture because poor old Bishop's Castle haven't managed to win all season. So I would be very surprised if um, they got anything out of that game. And Bishop's Castle, a team in point, used to have two sides we were just talking about in the introduction. You know, used to have two very good teams. Now I don't know what their av- availability has been like. I know they've they've conceded a game, but um, I think they've they've got through having eleven players all season. And hopefully, if they go down a division and just win a few games, and perhaps um, you know the club will become stronger again because it's you know it's a lovely club, it's a lovely ground, um, but they have struggled and Bridge North threes, absolutely all season, as you can see from the points, you know, they are, they've are they been cast adrift for a couple of months now.
3: Yeah, and you look at Gillsfield and Newport in third and fourth, 29 and 33 points uh, behind Wheaton-Aston, which would mean that they would need Wheaton-Aston to lose both games and, or maybe even get draw points, uh, or pull something away. Um, so it's looking like a bit of a, tough challenge do you do you think that we're kind of I know yeah but do you think that their
2: their chance is gone Ollie I, well potentially uh girls girlsfield have, have got a chance I think I think they have got a chance um yeah, it's always possible you know uh, we and Aston have struggled this last um couple of weeks someone told me that they traveled with nine players one week uh, they um I think they'd still won um
1: <laughs> they did, they did, they did. They travelled with nine, and they and they. I can't remember if they beat now, but they they won. Um, We're well, looking
2: we, at the thing. It's Bridge North, if it's in the if it's in the recent weeks. Um, yeah. So, but you know, perhaps they perhaps they they've got some availability issues coming into the back end of the season. I, I, I don't know. You know, they've lost two, won one. and if that one was when they had nine players, then you know would suggest perhaps they are having a few availability issues back end of the of the season. So. You know, Hodnick could could um get a win there um against them and then they've got Witchurch's last game of season and that you know, that could two defeats and Girlsfield probably aren't going to win the league because Wichirch have got to play Wheaton Aston and is sort of one of those two teams above them is gonna get those points. Um but they could finish above them. There is there is the possibility. So I don't think it they're completely out of out of it, but it it is looking like it's those top two, in all honesty.
3: Yeah, so they travelled yeah. to Bridge North, bold Bridge North out for 29 and then knocked it off in four
1: overs. So they travelled with eight and picked up 21 points. <laughs> or twenty. That's that's some effort. I was going to say, basically, I think I think Wheaton-Aston will finish in the top two. I'm going to stick my neck out there and say that, not that it's much of a gamble. I think they'll finish in the top two. This, this weekend's results will be crucial. And then it's a it's a shootout for the title I think between uh, Whitchurch and Wheaton Aston uh, I think as much as Gillsfield will do and you know they've had a great season and I just I just can't see it I just can't see uh, Newport and Gillsfield getting up into those top two places I just
2: no, I, no, I I I agree I I do think it'll be the top two I just don't think it's completely one No.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, that, and they're playing each other the final game of the season. So, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, if Wicherts get 24, 25 points, because they usually have a scorer, don't they? 25 points um, from the game at Bishop's Castle. And that's not saying that Bishop's Castle won't do it. We saw a we saw a fantastic result for one of the lower teams against one of the top three in Division Six this weekend, which we'll come to later. But um, so it, it does happen. But I'm, you know, you look, you look at the season, you look at the form of the season. Wiltshire will be disappointed if they don't pick up twenty five points on Saturday. So they do that, then you know, even then, Wheat and Aston have got to pick up literally no points against Hodnett. Well, they're not going to pick up no points. I'd imagine they, you know, they'll still be in top spot, but it'll be tighter. And then see what happens. I think uh, that final game, it'll be interesting to see who's playing for a draw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, so what I would
3: like to say, guys, is let's get some opinions on this. So looking at the table, there are still sides and there's still positions to be done. Obviously, Harper's and Shrewsbury thirds can still technically finish second, um, but it would mean that Whitchurch, Gillsfield and Newport would both need to lose out, which is probably not likely. Um, you've got Hodnett and Peplo who can still technically, again, finish third, but again, it would mean everyone losing out above them. Um and then eighth to tenth can still technically finish fifth. But again, for Schiffnell Thirds to finish fifth, they'd need everyone else above them to get like three points for the end of the season. Looking at the sides in that mid table, do you think there's anyone who'd be slightly disappointed with how their season's gone?
2: Um I think over you know, we've 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 they've been the bridesmaids of that division for the last Twenty-five years, I think. Um, <laughs> you know, but they're 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 in ninth, and and until tonight, I hadn't even picked up on that. Um, I hadn't realised. You know, that are de- all the way down in in um into ninth in ninth position there, and um, that's quite a shock to me because I've seen them play this year in um in the finals day for the e- for the evening league. Okay, yes, they've got. I think there's a couple of um. Players from other clubs in there, but they're a good, they're a good squad, they're a good team, and it really, really does surprise me that they're down in ninth. I think they've got they're much better than that, personally. And yeah, so, bit of a surprise.
3: I have heard rumours that one of the players who plays the midweek is potentially going to move across. I won't name them, or um, yeah, because obviously. That could be it's, a bit embarrassing it's, it's for them. It's
1: early for transfer rumours, uh, isn't it? <laughs> well, never,
3: never too early for transfer rumours. Um, but yeah, Slats, looking at Division 4, who do you think may feel a tad disappointed and who do you think will be look at their position going into the final two games and be like, you know what, I feel, we feel really good with uh, how we've performed so far this season?
1: Uh, I think in terms of the, the first part of that, Newport, and um, probably Frankton actually, because Newport were relegated last year from Division Three, and you kind of we were tipping them to bounce straight back up again because the strength and depth of that club. Um, and then Frankton, who yeah, it's a really good setup there. They've got a very good first team, and they want to be trying to get their second team closer to their first team to be able to you know and tra- that transition between both sides uh, makes that a lot easier. And they were in Division Three, what? two years ago, three years ago, Max. So you would be kind of hoping that, that they would have had a better season. I think the club that will be looking at it and going, do you know what, we've done all right this season, will be Harper's because they had that breakaway to, to create Priors Lee and they still managed to be very competitive in this division, having been relegated last year, um, had the breakaway and they've stayed strong. And, you know, they're in the mix. They're they're in fifth spot. They're not entirely out of it in terms of finishing the top two. But I think we know that they probably are. But, um, you know, I think they're building for next year. And, that, you know, hats off to them. I think, they've, you know, they've had a really good season, to be fair.
0: Yeah, I just think if you ignore the first two or three weeks of the season, if you look at our sort of form guide that we've got here, the, f- the top two or three have been the same most of the way through, 90% of the season. And the bottom two have been the same nearly 100% of the season. So I think those middle clubs have just been vying. I cannot see past the league as it sort of stands at the moment. I think wheaton Wheaton Aston and Whitchurch are definite favourites um, fighting for uh, that promotion and, and the championship. And, and Bridget North and Bishop's Castle are definitely dead and buried. So, you know, I think it's been a very steady league all the way through, a division all the way through.
3: Final thing I'll ask, guys, and I know it's a bit of an interesting one, but some of that's going to go across, do you think that with those sides who are so tightly packed in the middle – with everything that's going on in the divisions above them, that is a lot of it out of their own control. Do you think there'll be a lot of clambering to stay out of that 10th position? And um, do you think that Bridge North and Bishop's Castle, despite them being already relegated, there's a push for them to probably try and get as many points as possible, given what's happened in previous seasons.
1: Yes, is the answer to both of those questions. You never know, do you? You never know what how the Birmingham League is going to finish up, and that impacts everybody. So, you know it isn't finishing the bottom two and you're deaf, you know, and, and and those are the only clubs that get relegated because we know that that isn't the case every season. There's something that happens. So yeah, you want to try and finish as high up in the league as you possibly can to avoid that situation. So yeah, if they're not thinking about clamoring to make sure they don't finish in that bottom three, then they should be Um, <laughs> difficult one with bridge North and Bishop's castle. I think, the die is cast and, you know, yeah, they want to try and get as many points. As they go. They've got some tough games coming up in the last two games. So, you know, get as many points as you can. But yeah, I don't see that's that. It's not going to affect anything too much, I don't think, for those two teams, sadly. Yeah, I'm, no, I, I think... I'd agree yeah, with that. I'd, sorry, say, go
2: on, go on. I'd agree with that, definitely. I'd say Bridge North and Bishops Castle are, are so far behind that I, I think it'd probably be in their best interest anyway to drop a division. Um, after the season they've had um you know there's 73 points between um, 11th and 10th there so it's, it's a, that's a big gap to to potentially leave one of them up should should you know the the situation arise i th- i think definitely Condover, Schiffnall, frankton are going to be looking hard behind them just to make sure that they don't end up in that tenth spot you know because we know what happened last year three teams went down out of every division and you don't want to there's just a risk that you could end up going down when you, when you think you're safe. In fact, yeah. Basically In fact. you're not safe and, until we know.
3: Schiffnell and Condover play each other final game of the season as well, which uh, could turn out to be a big game. Schiffnell threes have got bridge North this week coming and, uh, Condover have got Harper's. So Condover are going to have to really pull out a big performance there. Looking at the other teams who are in and around the similar area, Hodnett and Peplow have got Wheaton Aston and uh frankson have got newport next week so tough fixtures for them and then they both play each other final week of the season so Ooh. those bo- those <laughs> seventh seventh to tenth have all got each other so that's gonna be oh it's gonna be interesting coming off coming out of next week uh oh, it's gonna be tasty going down at the your... bottom in division four but yeah what i was saying was is like i uh, you know would you be worried if you're bishop's castle and you're on 79 points that there may be a case that you may not be in division 5 but division
1: 6.
2: Oh, uh, I see what you mean. <laughs> look,
1: potentially I I I've set my stall out on this. I'm not a fan of double anything. <laughs> except double except I agree, double, I, agree double. I agree with you but you never know. That's not what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, say. uh, yeah, double chins, double double whiskeys, not a fan of that either. But yeah it is a risk there's always a risk of that and that's that's down to the structure committee i don't get involved in that however i am not i don't believe there is a place for double relegation or double promotion i just don't see it unless requested obviously yeah Yeah, Yeah. unless a club says listen we are struggling and we think we're going to struggle next year we'd like to go down two divisions like and reynolds did this this Mm. year at the end of last season then that's fair enough but imposed let's put it that way imposed double relegation or double promotion i am not a fan and you know i you know as a member of the league committee i i make that very clear i don't think it's the right way to go and i have for years
3: i think everyone knows my position on it but uh yeah
1: i i asked the questions because
3: i know that there were possibilities but anyway i realized that we've spoken quite a lot on this division now and i want to get on with moving on to the next ones so anyway let's move ourselves on to our next division <laughs> So moving on to Division 5 and leading the way as they have for 13 of the 20 weeks of this season are Church Stretton. They are on 327 points, but close on their tail. They're clawing it back a point by a point every week. They're only two points behind them are Newtown, second 11, the team who never get games rained off in third place on 283 points are priors lee in fourth place are lanny with 275 then a big jump down to fifth place beacon on 234 in sixth place are much wenlock with 215 points then in seventh place 20 points behind them are bowman Heath second eleven then again, 24 points behind them in 8th place are Iscoyd and Fence Bank. Then 7 points behind them in ninth are Wellington 4th-11. In 10th place are St. George's 3rd-11. They are 10 points behind Wellington 4th-11 there. Then 53 points behind them in 11th are Kai Glass. And then 10 points behind them in 12th are Calverhall. So again, starting from the bottom up this time, in Division 5, Calverhorn and Kai Glass, the best that they can both finish is 11th. Uh, Kai Glass, if they win out and have an overscorer, they will only finish on 151, and St. George's third 11 on 154. St. George's and Wellington, um, they can both finish a max of seventh place. But for St. George's to finish there again, pretty much the same. They would mean that they would need Bomeer to only pick up eight points for the next few games. It's Gordon in Fence Bank. The highest they can finish is sixth. Uh Bome second eleven, and much Wenlock, the highest position that they can finish in is fifth. And Fifth-placed Beacon, the highest position they can finish is third, but that would mean that Priors Lee only pick up one more point in the next two games, which is looking increasingly unlikely. Then the top four can all finish in first place, um, but for Lanny and Priors Lee to finish in first place Lee would need church dretton to only pick up six more points and pretty much the same with newtown's second 11 and for lanny they can only finish in first place if the same happens pretty much um so church dretton and newtown pick up no more than seven points and they are given the 10 points they are deducted back to them going into the final two weeks of the season So guys, don't really know where we want to start here. I guess we'll probably start at the top once again. Two big games coming up for both sides. And Ollie, you face Newtown second Eleven next week. So you have a big part to play in this end of season clash, especially as once again, whoever's done the fixtures this year is uh, really, has got the crystal ball out this season and- Mystic, uh, Mystic Pam, isn't it? Mystic, Mystic, Pam, Pam, Pam. Mystic Pam from above, wherever she may be now. <laughs> on a, on a supermarket shelf, dear do you. <laughs> is, is looking down and has picked these fixtures because yes, Ladies and gentlemen, Church dress and play Newtown second 11 final game of the season. Oh, what a cracker. Anyway, Ollie, Division 5.
2: Yeah, as you uh, um, as you mentioned, potentially we've we've got a bit of a say in the last couple of weeks because we've got Newtown this week and well, it was looking like we would have the um a bit of a say with Lanidloy's, but um they've obviously just faded away this last few weeks. Um I don't think in all honesty we're going to have a lot of uh, things to say um, with the game against Newtown going on. Current form, we played Wellington at the weekend, and at one point we were three wickets for two runs, and then we were five wickets for seven runs. Um, we did manage to scrape out to 103 um, somehow, um, but yeah, we 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 have had a rough a rough season, so I can't see us having a massive. Um, say on um, whether Newtown are going to win or not. I think I think it's going to go down to that last game. It's just whether or not, depending on what, as we've already discussed, what happens above, whether um, there's another team that potentially joins us, um, whether that's um, St George's or Wellington, um, would be decided. I think potentially they're both, too, both teams are too good to, to go down on their day. We, Wellington had some fantastic, um, Young lads playing for them at the weekend.
3: Yeah, it's been a good run of form for Wellington. They have they're unbeaten in their last four games. They they got a losing draw against Church Street four weeks ago, but beaten Bowmere, beaten Bo- St George's, and beaten yourselves, Calverhall. They go into their next games facing Priors Lee and Beacon. And again, like we've said, with everything that's going on, you want to try and stay out of that bottom three. And there's ten points between them and St George's. Obviously, Fens could be brought into this situation. They're only seventeen points ahead of St George's. Yeah, it's all it's all quite open for that third from bottom spot in yeah. in
2: in Division that, that Five. It looks like Fens, Fens and St George's play each other last game of the season as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. it's another one of those games where, that. That was the last game as last game of the season that could have a bit of a say on potentially who goes down
3: yeah so. beacon second 11 who are in fifth as well I've got St George's and Wellington so them themselves have a big part to play in who may go down in division five as well but going back going back to the top of the table you're looking you're looking at it being a shootout I'd probably say between church Stretton and Newtown would you say given yeah. that Newtown only need 10 points from their next two games to guarantee that they're in second place but obviously if if lanny don't get their 10 points back then they only need to get eight points to guarantee the uh the top two and um church dressing friends you know if you if you get friends on a good day anything could happen there and then it, it goes down to the show showdown And without being harsh ollie you'd probably
1: back newtown second 11 to beat cow yeah
2: yeah 100% um
1: it's going to be just imagine though I know the forecast is set fair for this weekend but next weekend it could be a little bit iffy so you know if Newtown have got their noses in front going into the final week is it at Stretton or is it at Newtown the final game Newtown second 11 are at home but to Church Stretton
3: on that final game
2: it's fine it's fine it doesn't rain in Newtown
1: no no (laughs) this this, this might be the only weekend that it does oh sorry lads <laughs> I bet shreton travel anyway he's not far is it um and yeah that'd be imagine it getting it rained off <laughs>
3: Lanny Lanny're obviously at home that final weekend to Calver Hall and prizley travel to much Wenlock um in regards to the bottom of the table clashes um St George's travel to fens and um Wellington travel to uh, Beacon so Mm. It's, yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's,
2: it's. I I I think it's 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 gone for personally. Even if even if um, Lanny get their ten points back, it's for me it's gone from them and uh, Prizley. It's hundred um, percent. Put my money on Newtown or Stretton to win that one. <laughs> you big you big gambler, you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Safe bets all the way. I I think um, Stretton and, and and Newtown. Newtown have had a superb run just lately, been absolutely fantastic. And um, Stretton have been ahead most of the year. Again, this is a very static league. Those top two have been there or thereabouts. The bottom two have been there or thereabouts. But there are three teams I would like to mention. I think Beacon and Bowmere have done very well. They both went up from Division 6 last year, and they've they've more than held their own in that division. Uh, at the moment, they're seventh and fifth. And I think they'll probably look back and think they've had a great season. And also, uh, Priors League, they had a, a dodgy start and, and everybody was, oh, they've been put too high. What are the league thinking about? But, uh, you know, they're in the mix. They're right at the top of the division. So um, I think there's three teams that are definitely worth a mention there.
3: That's a good impression of me, there, Ian. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Same
0: man, got, the, got, got, the, got
3: the got yeah. Got the very boring monotone voice and everything. It was it was spot on there, Ian. <laughs> yeah, you look at it as well. In two sides coming down from Division Four, looking like they're going to drop to Division Five, and you look at the form of the sides in Division Four again, and you you worry about that again, but. Again, going around the room, then starting as Ian is starters us off there. Who who would you look in Division Five and go? Look, they would think that they've had a really good season this year, and who do you think might be a tad disappointed in how their season has gone? And we'll start well, with never... we'll start with Ian.
0: Okay, righto. I'm going to say um, Beacon. You know, they came up um, from Division Six, and they're they're in fifth place. They're nineteen points clear of sixth place. Uh, I think they've had a great season. I really do. Well, you've got to say uh, the Calverall at the bottom. I mean, I know you know. We know Ollie very well on the podcast. They came down last year. Uh, I'm. I know they've had a difficult season, but at the start of the season, we wouldn't have thought they were going to be bottom.
3: No, I think to be honest, we picked him as one of the sides to look out for to go yes. straight back up, given how strong they've been in previous years. Um, Slats, what are your thoughts?
1: For me, it's, yeah, look, I, I totally get where Ian's coming from with Beacon and obviously Calverhall. I think Pryor's Lee will be chuffed a bit at uh, how they've done this season. And they've gone from strength to strength. As you said, they will a bit of a dodgy start, but they have found their feet and they've got going. And, you know, they've proved a lot of people wrong which is always good to see. But I think, they, you know, they've held their own. If they finish third, you know, they've had a really good season and, and they'll go again next year. Um, I Yeah, absolutely, Boma Heath and Beacon, you know, that this year is always going to be a consolidation year for them, having got promoted. And, you know, they think they've both acquitted themselves very well in what is a tough division. Uh, for me, the biggest shock that I can see, yes, Calverhall accepted, but, you know, with the availability issues and everything else, Fence Bank, Iscoid, you know, I to be where they are, eighth in the division, looking over their shoulders so they don't try and finish in 10th is a real shock for me. Um, you know, because of the personnel they've got there, I was thinking they would be top four comfortably and, you know, and pushing those teams. So, um, and don't forget, okay, they've had an influx of players um, that have strengthened them, but Church Stretton, were, in, you know, uh, struggling to a degree and finished sort of mid-table and lower mid-table the last couple of years. Um, so, you know, they've they've pushed on as well. So, yeah, I think it's been a really mixed division, hasn't it? I, I think it's, you know... Um, but yeah, I think for me, the biggest... The team that will be happiest, I think, will be Priors lee and the team that will probably be looking at you going, Whoa, well, what's what's happened here is Fensbank. Yeah, I, I
3: agree with you. I think, you know, Church Dretton, I don't think anyone would have picked it from previous having seen them in previous years they've done really well they've and they've performed throughout season you know eighth last year seventh in 2021 obviously finished in the bottom two in 2019. Um, another side i would be slightly surprised about but i guess you kind of look at the other sides that they've got and you probably say not so much until fourth 11 you know they Mm -hmm. you know they finished eighth in 2019 but then have had two good years where they finished fourth and third but then you know their thirds uh kind of lower mid table um in division two and their twos look like they're potentially going to be getting relegated from division one which is going to cause all sorts of mayhem <laughs> again with uh, what what's going up with how many teams go up and how many teams go down. And if you think of it like that way, you know, if you get, if you lose, if, if, if you're going to lose um, say a side from division two and you know, you're getting an extra side. Yeah. I I, I haven't thought about it too much uh, to work it all out, but you never know, you may get some sides going up, some go extra sides going up and down, but maybe it evens itself out. If you're losing an extra team, you just really, you're getting an extra side coming down, but I guess then you, because they come down, their threes would go down, which means that you've got an extra side that goes down, or whether that would save one of the bottom sides. Again, not one hundred percent over the top of it, because again, haven't thought about it too much. Um, but just one other yeah, thing, I think, where... I think, I think, I agree, I agree with all of you on, on all of those points. Ollie, um, who do you think would look at this season and think that they've had the best of it, and who do you think would feel most disappointed with their season? It's,
2: it's a difficult one, really. I think like you said, Church Stretton, they they told us early on that they made, you know, second game of the season that they were making a big push this year to try and push on and get up the leagues. Um, But having looked at previous seasons, you'd say that they should be pretty happy with themselves, really. That You know, they wanted to do that. We all, you know, anyone can say we want to do this. But, you know, they've been, like you said, they've been top all year bar six weeks. So, um, and that and five of those weeks were the were at the start of the year so um they obviously had a bit of maybe there was abandoned games didn't play and you know it did take sort of five or six weeks for the leagues to sort of shape up really early, early doors because of the weather that we had early doors from the outside you know you could say that we've had a disappointing season but I think at the start of the year you asked me for one shock or some sort of surprise in this division and I said ourselves but that was because I knew that availability was looking terrible and we were probably would be down near the bottom as it's turned out we are bottom um and deservedly so Um but b- beyond ourselves um and Kai Glass who as you said came down last year um, and we're going down again probably like you said Fensbank Wellington have had disappointing seasons however Wellington are on a bit of a bit of a renaissance in this last few weeks, you know, for a club like Wellington, who uh, their first team's obviously done very well and they're in the final of the plate and and um, they won the league on Saturday. Um, as a club with a, with a team that's doing really well at the top, generally that tends to filter down, but it doesn't appear to have done that with Wellington. They seem to have struggled a little bit. But, you know, speaking to um, Wellington's captain on the day, at the weekend, you know, they've had available, yes, albeit they've got a lot more teams. Um, but even they've had struggles on the odd occasion to get to get players out. So, it's, yeah, uh, they
3: they won two games in the first 17 weeks of the season. Um, wins against Newtown, Prior's and then uh, well, they got a losing draw week 17 against Church Stretton. So, the, the results that they have pulled out have been against the best sides. And then, yeah, as we mentioned, three wins, one against Bermuda, St. George's, and then Calvo, so the sides around them, which has been really important for them. Just one
1: quick thing. Momentum is everything. And if you look from week 12, Newtown have been on a staggeringly, stag- staggeringly strong runner form. They've won seven out of eight games and had a winning draw in the other game. And it's propelled them up into that top two spot and fighting for the title. So, I just think, yeah, they 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 lost to Church Stretton in week 11. And since then, they've played when other teams might not have played, but they've got the game on and they've made sure that's counted for them and got results. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised if they're, I don't know, I th- it's going to go down to the wire. It's, it's, it's a tough one to
3: call. Yeah, it's going to be a great end of season in Division 5, especially given all the fixtures that are going on. And I think this moves us on to our next division and Division 6.
1: And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so in Division
3: 6, leading the way as they have all season. They're the only side to have led since Week 1. In the divisions that we cover in this extra show there's one other side that comes very close but uh we'll mention them later on uh our All scott heath second 11 they are on 295 points 15 points behind them though in second place hot on their tail are little second 11 in third place on 254 points so 26 points behind Lillishall are Kund second 11 in fourth place on 237. So 17 points behind them are Rockstar and Uppington second 11. In fifth place, one point behind them are Willie, second 11. Then 18 points behind them in sixth are Knocking and Kinnelly, second 11. Then his seventh place on 193 points are Montgomery, second 11. So there's quite a decent gap there between those sides, 25 points. Then one point behind Montgomery, second 11, are Harcourt in eighth. In ninth place are Column second 11 on 184. Five, so seven points between them, and then five points behind them in tenth are Welshpool second eleven. Then in eleventh on 159 points, so 21 points behind Welshpool are Ludlow third eleven, and in twelfth place, 20 points behind Ludlow on 139 points are Acton Reynolds. So. Starting from the top this time. In Division 6, we've got three sides who could possibly still win the league. All Scott Heath, obviously, as they are top. Then, second place, Lillashall can get 330 points, which means that All Scott Heath need to, if Lillashall win out, uh, All Scott Heath need to get 36 points. Points out of their next two games. Kund in third place can get a maximum of 304, so that means they need to make sure that Old Heath don't get any more than eight points out of their next two games. So looks very tight for them if they're to do it. Uh, Rockstar and Willie they can both finish a maximum of second, but that would rely on Lillleshall not getting any more than six points in their next two games. Uh, knocking and Kinley can finish a maximum of third, but um, yet again, that would mean that they couldn't couldn't get more than 14 points. Monty and Harcourt can finish a maximum of fourth, uh, but again, minimal points needed. Uh, Column and Welshpool can both finish a maximum of sixth because they can get on 235 and 230 points so that's a little bit more doable but it would mean that Knockin and monty etc couldn't get more than 20 odd points dudlow can finish on 209 points which means the maximum that they can finish is seventh and acton reynolds the max points that they can accrue are 189 which means They can finish uh, best of 10th place. So Welshpool needs to get 10 points out of their next two games to make sure that they finish above Acton-Reynold. And then they need, if you want it, they need 30 points to make sure that they finish ahead of Ludlow, third 11. So close at the top and kind of close at the bottom, guys, with plenty of teams still in play for uh, the bottom well the bottom two bottom three as we could call it and um a couple of sides battling out for the championship at the top and um we'll start and here of course,
0: this weekend it's the decider at the top you've got oscar ether playing Lillishall um, <laughs> uh, this weekend so really at lily this weekend could decide that division um where the title goes? Yeah, go, for, go yes, Ian. We'll start with yourself then on Division Six. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's 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 a mouthwatering tie up there at Lillechau because, in my opinion, I've played in this division for a few years, and Lillechau have always played really well and just missed out on promotion. And I think this could be their year this year. Um, they had a terrible start because of all the uh, the the cancellations. I, I don't know whether they've lost more games than anybody. Um, we've lost six, but I think they've probably lost eight. Um, for them to be in that position, uh, and and really, if they have a good win uh, against Oscar on Saturday, you know they're they're right in the mix. So uh, you know I think I think that's the that could be the game of the season up there.
3: Yeah, as you mentioned, Lillestrøm have had eight games abandoned this season, yep. and they are unbeaten. Uh, no, they've lost. They've lost one game. So they've only they've had eight games abandoned, and they've only lost the one game, and that came to Scott Heath in Week Ten. Whereas Oldscott, on the other hand they've only had the five games abandoned and they've lost two games in the last five weeks. Uh, the loss to Rockster week 15 and then pretty much two weeks after, but was the next game that was played against Welshpool. Uh, then a victory against Harcourt and then two winning draws against Monty and Knockin, as you mentioned, all Scott Heath's next game is against Littleshall and then Oscott Heath go to Ian Slater's Willie, uh whilst Littleshaw second eleven face Harcourt. So Ian, as someone who well, Slats, as someone who's playing in the division, what are your thoughts?
1: Ah. Yeah, I think uh Lillishaw are very, very strong. Um we we started the rot with All Olsk- Scott back in week eleven, um uh, beating them. That was their first defeat of the year. And I think that they struggle with availability. They don't seem to be able to put the same side out week in, week out, whereas someone like that have a fairly settled side. And um, I, I look at this division and I look at it now and after the weekend result with a shock result, um, and let's call it a shock as it absolutely is, Ludlow beating Kund and not just beating them, but absolutely annihilating them. At Ludlow, not on a tiny pitch at Cund. You know, they 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 absolutely obliterated them. Momo got 129. hundred um, and twenty nine, and yeah. So we'll be playing them this Saturday. This will be interesting. So they they're in a form. I think that's that's taken Kund out of the equation there for me. It's the top two, um, and yeah. As Ian's absolutely right, it could all be decided this weekend, but it might not be. You know, um, uh, because. It could be the last game of the season that we play. We play Allskid at Allskid at um, because that game against Lillishel is at Lillishel. So that'll be really interesting. Um, Roxeter, I think, yeah, they were strong last week and we didn't really show up, uh, in all honesty. And I think, uh, uh, but I, they're not going to get in the top two. Um, neither are we. Uh, realistically that, you know, that's a way and done. I think, um, I think it's, it is those top two couldn't uh, will probably finish third. Um, and then it's between us and Roxeter who finishes in that fourth spot. It's been an interesting division this year. I, I just, um, it's been quite sad to see Reynolds struggling as they are uh, having dropped two divisions, um, but they are struggling and, and Ludlow had a terrible start to the season and they've suddenly picked up some form and suddenly, you know, picked up a few results, got themselves off the bottom of the table and, yeah, looking to chase Welsh pool down, yeah. uh, which which will be quite interesting. Column, again, they were having an awful run. They started really, really brightly, top of the league and then, or t- top two or three, and they've fallen away and then suddenly galvanised some players again to, to they, they've put, pulled a couple of results out, um, the last couple of weeks. It's one of those divisions where you know, and it's a, it's a bit of a cliche, but anybody could be anybody on their day, and it's kind of you know, we saw that last week with Ludlow smashing Kund. Yeah, it's top two, I think, are pretty much sealed, and um, I think Reynolds are pretty much sealed in bottom spot, um, and then it's between. Ludlow and uh, Welshpool for that second bottom spot I think
3: yeah Ludlow thirds as you mentioned slats one win in the first half of the season the first 11 games and they only had one game abandoned in that stretch of 11 games as well 1-1 one, one, lost the rest then since week 12 they've only lost two games they've had three games abandoned so uh, three wins we losing draw two defeats three games abandoned so you would say that's kind of picking up some form uh, at the right end of the season and looking like they may just, if they try, you know, it's going to be tough because they're going to need to pick up a result against you on Saturday to try and save or have a chance of saving themselves because then that final game of the season against Reynolds could be a big one, especially if Reynolds beat Kund. Uh, you're looking at Welshpool and Colum. Uh Welshpool have got Monty, then Nockin and then Colum have got Harcourt and Monty. So Monty going to have a, a big part to play in this, uh, in the, in the bottom few, but you look at Monty and Harcourt and they're not fully out of it either because they're only 13 points ahead of Welshpool, second, 11 in 10th. And as we've mentioned in all the others, it could be bottom three that go down. So you probably look at Monty, second, 11 and you'd say you'd, back them to get over the line with those and you look at Harcourt's fixtures they've got Colm and Lillishall they're they're going to be massive fixtures for them so it could it could be all up for grabs
1: in that final week guys Definitely. <laughs> Nobody can say anything. Uh, yeah, it is. I think it's, it is going to be really tight. I, I, I would expect Montgomery to get out of it. I think Harcourt have had a good enough season. That they, sh- that they should be okay. Uh, pick up a few points. and know they've had a tough run the last bit, but um, yeah, I, I just think it is. It's a Ludlow, Ludlow-Welshpool Ludlow, shootout. I know it's only five points, um, uh, above, but column I think, are, are strengthening. They've got enough players at that club to bring strength in. And, and get a couple of results towards the end. Um, yeah, I think uh, I don't see Reynold beating Cund. I think they the, couldn't have had their shot last week. I don't see Reynold beating Kund at the moment in the run of form they're in. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's it is it's Ludlow, Ludlow or Welshpool for me. <clears> yeah,
2: yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. I think Welshpool will probably pull away and be safe. Considering if we if we assume it's just the bottom two, if if we are counting the bottom three, then column could be pulled into that. But like Slats said, I think Monty and Harcourt have probably done enough so far this season to to pull away from that. Monty have obviously got a bit of a say in in who does potentially end up in tenth because um, they're playing both uh, Walshpool and Column in the in the last two weeks. So you know, if, if Monty win their two games. It, it sort of, it hey, it pushes those two teams down. If they win one and, and lose the other, the one they win is probably the team that's going to finish in the in the bottom three. So, um, uh, action Reynolds a surprise for me because um I played for them in week eleven and yeah you know, they were a good team. They 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 played really well. Um and actually it was there was a week where we were away at Beacon. Um potentially week. 12 where they actually they they support they lent us two players because they would they had that many players available so it's a bit of a surprise for them to to uh, i thought they'd i thought they'd sort of hold their own in in division in that division in um division six this year but they do appear to have just dropped away um if you look at it if you look at it the first half of the season they won three out of their 11 games uh had to concede one but then as we all know the second half of the season started with five Weeks of miserable weather um, around that time. They lost um, t- towards the end of that time. They lost Ian Fox through injury, and he hasn't played again since, I believe. Um, so if you lose someone of Foxy's ability, massive loss, world, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, huge. It's um, has, can have a big impact. Along the same time, you know, um, Nick Russell was was smashing runs all over the place. He was, he was. He, I mean, I watched him uh, against Cund and he scored a, a big score, and then. Uh, the following week or the week after that, he came to Carver Hall in the midweek and he and he smashed over ninety in a in a 2020 game. Um, he was really on fire. But um, saw him a couple of weeks ago and he says he he'd been on a holiday and he hasn't scored a run since he came back from holiday. Um, so it's all again, as we've said, it's all about consistency. If you if you're playing week in week out, you're getting a run of form and you can keep on top of it. But you know whether that's a player or a team, if you're not playing or you having intermittent weeks it can affect your um your performance um so yeah
3: um we have had some listener questions been sent in to us and the first one, that I'm going to read out, that pass the checks of uh, what is allowed to be asked on the podcast. Uh, it comes from Thomas Marsh, and I will read it in my own voice this time, rather than him sending in the last one from the last podcast that we did. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. It's uh, well worth a listen. Um, he said, uh, I've got a quick question for you um, that I'd like asking on the podcast. It's a genuine one, and I'm not taking the piss. Um, <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> He said, how, cap- how confident do captains feel about the point system in win-lose-draw cricket? I had a few away captains, including on our own, um, just sign the form and say they have no idea how many points each side will get. Happened with both rain-affected games and draws recently. Just don't think it's a very user-friendly system. For example, on Sunday, I scored for the ones at Beaumere, twos at home, had knocking nine down and 100-run shorts. knock skipper signed a blank form with nothing on it. As skipper wrote the innings up and left, and left the points for me to sort it wasn't until i got to our clubhouse two hours later after the game had finished that the twos knew exactly what the points result when i'd worked it out for them does that make sense uh that was the end of his question not me saying does that make sense to you um he says it's a genuine question and not a stupid one about pints in the bar so guys um thoughts win lose draw i um, do you think that a lot of people really know how the system works and how clear do you think it is? And if why not? If For anyone who does know on this podcast, uh, feel free to elaborate. So everyone who doesn't know will know moving forward. And Slats, as we know that you're the king know-it-all, we'll start with <laughs> yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: there you go. Here's a banana skin for me. Um, it's pretty straightforward. If you're in a win-lose-draw game and you draw... Um, to get any points from the game, um, actual game points from a losing draw, you have to get 60% of the opposition score. If they've batted first, you're batted second, you get a losing draw, you've got to get 60% to take a point off them. And if you get 70%, you take another point off them and so on. Um, and basically there are 10 points in that group, but if you don't achieve that 60% mark, they get a 20 point winning draw okay and this is where it all cocks it up for people because i think play cricket has a bit of an issue here as well because if you get a 20 point winning draw you don't get any bonus points so as you see you see on there somebody's got a winning draw and they've got 28 points or 31 points and then the league administrators so craig sims and the team there have to go in and change all of those but steve it is Cansdale. steve Cansdale, there's the guy's name i couldn't remember his name i know him really well bless him um hi steve you listening? anyway um yeah so it's basically very very straightforward every every 10% you you get of the score you get another point up to if you get a losing draw the maximum draw points you can get or game points is 4 because the opposition will get 6 because there's 10 points available so uh, this hasn't changed in years and years and years of playing this game it is very, very straightforward. And Tom, if you've got captains who just sign the seat sheet and don't fill anything in and don't do anything, mate, then you're at the wrong club because that's just lazy.
2: If you get to sixty percent as the team chasing, you get one point; they get nine. Correct. If you then it's you know it's eight two, two eight, seven, three, seven three six four, and then it's five five. If it's, it's a tie. tie, yeah. Other other than that, the team the team chasing. Cannot get more than five points um, if they don't go past the score. Correct. At which point, if they go past the score, they win the game.
1: Correct, and then they get twenty-four points or 20, 20 yeah. points or whatever. So, yeah. yeah, it doesn't take a lot of working out. You just need to be able to do basic maths.
2: I, look, I understand that you know the the guys of um, from my generation, Slatter's generation, and you know, and and the old, older than that, um, we. When I started playing Saturday League cricket, all games were win-lose-draw, so we got to understand it. Um, and I, <laughs> to, to an extent, to an extent, to an extent.
1: No, no, I'm laughing because when I started playing Saturday League cricket, it was six points for a win, four points for a winning draw, one point for a losing draw, and nothing for a loss. That was it. There was no bonus points. Anyway, that's a long time. So, so for example, you'll see a winning draw where a team's got 16 points, and they might have got, eight eight draw points and eight bonus points so you still get your batting and your bowling bonus points which is one point for every two wickets and your batting points start at 100 and go up in 25s up to a maximum of five points for 200 runs fantastic it, and
2: and you obviously your officials point as well
1: yeah you get your officials point on top of that but that sits under penalty points on play cricket as a minus 1 but anyway it's yeah it's i think the issue sometimes is play cricket because it doesn't Uh, it doesn't recognise this um, 20-point winning draw, which is why you see some of these stupid points allocations and then it has to get sorted out.
2: What I will say, what I will also say, Slats, is that every captain is allocated a um, handbook at the um, pre-season captains meeting. Um, And um, if you haven't, as a captain, if you haven't received it, then you need to go and find someone at your club and say, why haven't I received it? But if you haven't received it, It is on the league's website under the download section, and you can just go on there and see it. Just download it.
1: Hands up all those captains that have actually read the handbook and understand the rules. Oh, what? No one? There you go. I just I just to, to
3: be honest when I was captain I used to just scroll to the back of the book and just see how many points there were and I just go yeah cool that's this uh, that's this that's that because it's much easier than remembering and then uh, to be honest last season as well there was there weren't too many uh draw points anyway for my team anyway so it, it wasn't it wasn't too hard Ian the final say before we move on to division seven oh.
0: All I wanted to say, it's not a. a, It's a very good. It's a very valid question, but the thing I would say, the scrat I have as a captain is working out what is sixty percent. If somebody's gone in and and batted first and made two hundred and thirty seven, you have to do your maths quick to work out what you need to get to get sixty percent of two hundred and thirty seven or whatever their score is. It's not the actual points. It's working out the percentage. So as you get to those runs yourself as a team. Ian, Ian, just yeah. ask Square Eight. Uh,
1: 142 or it. something is it? Oh, 143, 143. Because if, if, oh, if, if, if it's 142.2, oh. it's a point, so if it's a point, you have to go up to the next run.
2: They go beyond it.
0: You have but, to
3: be my mental maths uh getting like me
2: close.
0: A, I picked 237 as a very valid point.
3: Mm, Ooh. Good. Right, so <laughs> let's move ourselves on to the next division and Division Seven okay so leading the way in division seven your champions for 2023 are alberbury second 11 they finish on 276 points there is only one game left of division seven which means there are no more games left to be played which means there can only be 25 points in second place are fort and second 11 on 247 so the maximum points they can get are 272 so unless Brie forget to put their team sheets in or concede um or anything where they will get deducted points um I'm sure someone can find a way somehow um <laughs> Alverbury, yeah albrie are the winners and Fulton can only get into second place in third place on 239 points so eight points behind Fulton are condover second 11 in fourth place I in fourth place it, with in fourth place with 217 points are Liddershall 3rd-11. They are 22 points behind Condover. Then two points behind them in fifth are Coton Hall on 215. Three points behind them in sixth are Quat 3rd-11 in seventh place with 195 points so 17 points behind Quatt are Corvedale. In 8th place on 151 points are Pontsbury 2nd 11. In ninth? are Ellesmere 2nd 11 with 121 and in 10th place are Old Brighton 2nd 11 with 108. So starting from the bottom up, Old Brighton and Ellesmere, they can only finish in ninth. That's the maximum position that either side can finish in. Old Brighton can get a maximum of 133 points, which means that may need to make sure that they get at least thirteen this weekend to make sure that they finish in ninth place. Pontsbury can finish a maximum of eighth, so they are safe. That's where they finish. They can't go any higher. They can't go any lower due to the points that they are on. Corvedale and Quat third eleven. Well, Corvedale and quad third 11 they can finish a maximum of fourth place corvedale can get 220 points but that would basically mean that Lillishall, Coton hall and quad can only maximum get three to eight points each for corvedale to finish any higher than that um and then Coton hall can finish a maximum of third with 240 points and Lillishall can finish again a maximum of third with 242 points. And then Condover and Fortin, uh, they can both finish in second place. Condover can get 264 points and Fortin can get 272. So, Ian, I think it's probably best that we start with you
1: on this one. Um, well, thanks, uh, mate. I just, As someone who's played in the division, I thought I might get a shout.
0: I only played in oh. the division because your team didn't want you.
1: <laughs> hey, and, and I played such a pivotal role in that uh, uh, fine 10 fine wicket victory against Gorfdown, I
0: believe. They'd have won a lot quicker if you hadn't done any bowling.
1: I know. i tried try to make a game of it for you, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> <How are you?
0: laughs> yeah. They'd have, right. have been better off if
1: I just go an umpire. They'd have got more points.
3: So, Ian, I'm your thoughts on Division Seven? Um, Uh, One thing I would say with Division 7 is because of teams conceding and uh, not conceding, uh, potential sides folding and new sides entering the league, you never quite know what's going to happen with Division 7 and 8, uh, but you would assume that you're potentially getting one, two, maybe three or
0: four going up, but you, you never know. No, and just on that point before I talk about the league, obviously whatever happens... The league have got a bit of a buffer down here at the bottom of the divisions because there are only 10 teams in Division 7 and 6 in Division 8. So, you know, everything could be shunted down to here. So we don't know what's going to happen at the bottom. But Albuquerque were the best side we have played all year. They are, in my opinion, the deserved champions. When we played them, they batted a long way down. They bowled very well. So you know, I take my hat off. They were double relegated. You've set your stall out, and you know they they've they they've shown everybody that they do not did not de- deserve to be in Division Seven. So you know, hats off to them. Well done, Alberberry. All Brighton at the bottom. We have had two cracking games against Albrighton at our place and at their place last Saturday. An absolutely fantastic bunch of lads. Um. Will captain Saturday. He wasn't there when it, they came to, uh, to ours. And Andy, the wicketkeeper, captained. You know, they're a lovely bunch of lads. They play cricket really well. Woody had a great innings against us Saturday. You know, uh, really, I can understand how they're so far adrift because we've had two very close games against them. Cote and You're, you're only saying that because you won both games. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> they're a very nice bunch of lads. Cote and Hall are another very nice bunch of lads we've won one and lost one, but I uh, know we won one and had one rain abandoned, but they've just dropped off. Um, they had a great first half of the season and probably for them, a very disappointing second half of the season. Squat, another team who were really strong um, have, have tailed off in, in the second half of the season. Condover, over, they had a difficult start, but they have got stronger and stronger throughout throughout the season they've beaten us twice and outplayed us completely outplayed us once and nearly outplayed us the second time they did have a ringer in from higher division who was absolutely (laughs) shocking but um i thought i I thought i umpired really well (laughs) (laughs) um but it, it you know, again, it's it's been a difficult year because of the weather, not because of the cricket. Um, you know, nobody's really got got going. We've only played Auburbury once. We haven't played Ponsbury at all because both those games were called off. We've only played Lillleshall for twenty overs so far. We have got them Saturday in the last game of the season, but the second game was rained off. The first game was abandoned. It's been a difficult season, but in my opinion, the teams we've played the league is pretty much set up as it should be. Oberberry are the best and all Brighton, unfortunately for them, have been the worst.
3: Yeah. You look at uh, Fortin week three, that game that they conceded, they, Fortin as a club have obviously got a lot stronger since uh, they gained all those players who moved from St. George's over to them because it's pushed down players and their ones into their twos, which has seen an upturn in their form. They've, only lost a handful of games, but that conceded game they lost. You know they only lost five points, but it would have meant that they still would have had a chance going into the final final weekend of the season to uh, win the league if they, you know, with especially with all we'll be playing quad in the final game. But it, as you said, Ian, it's been quite chock a block in this middle, and there's you know there's it's been to and fro and all of the top six have been in the top. Two or in first place at any any point in the season, so it's um, that's right. That's it's exactly quite, right. It's, it's quite a surprise to see a side having it won before the season's ended, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought a month ago Quatt were going to be second. You know, they looked like a, They they looked they they'd strengthen their batting a lot, and you know, it was I thought it was theirs to lose, but. You know, they've lost it. Um, mm. And, of course, they've got you last game of the season, haven't they, at Alberbury.
3: They have indeed. Um, so, yeah, they'd gone on a really good run of form. They'd only, well, they, they'd they won pretty, they'd won every game since week eight. And then week 17, uh, lost to Corvdale, then had the game with against Alberbury abandoned. So both teams were the only teams in that week to have, that game abandoned so everyone else played so got a bit of a head start and got closer to both at Alba and further ahead of Quad and then the defeat to Fortin last weekend um, has kind of sewn it all up for Quad's position really and um, yeah it wasn't really even close. Fortin scoring well, Quot winning the toss and electing to field, Forton scoring 220 for six off their 40 overs, and then bowling Quat all out for 113 um, in their overs. Adam Goulding with 107 for Forton on that day, and um, pretty sure he played against us when we played their ones. The one week,
1: he's not a Division Seven cricketer. I'm yeah, sorry. I was
3: going to say we we definitely played him.
1: Um, but He's, anyway, he play, we he played, he played Prem for Alskid uh, a couple of years ago, three years ago. Anyway, so we did.
3: We did have a question that has come in from Adam, and his question is: um, "Dear Cow Corner Podcast, why do the Cow Corner Podcast hate Forton?" Um, yeah, actually, Adam Golding scored 111 against Albury's first eleven uh, this season. It was quite a quite a knock, um, and then yeah. Scored uh, then has gone and scored a, a ton in Division Seven as well. So, but um, I mean, yeah, I don't think we do. I don't think we don't we don't like any no, club really. I, mean, I think there that. are a lot of clubs who probably think that we do, but we're very positive to all of the clubs in Shropshire Cricket. I think, yeah, I think with I some think, sides, I think people get mistaken because we take the piss out of them, but they, we only take the piss out of them because they're generally friends, <laughs> and <laughs> well, we know listen, them well then.
1: enough that we kind of do that a little bit. And to be clear, when I say he's not a Division Seven cricketer, it's because he's a good cricketer. He's a good all-round cricketer. He bowls well. He, he's a good bat. He's a destructive bat. I've known Adam a lot of years. You know when we played against each other, and uh, when I, I was playing for uh, Willie Ones against Thornton um, Ones. You know, he's, he's a damn good cricketer. So, yeah, I'm surprised he's he's rocked up in his... But I don't know. He may have been injured and coming back from an injury. You just don't know these things. But, um, yeah, nothing against Fortin at all. I think um, they've yep. done fantastically well to get into the position they're in at the minute. And, um, yeah, it's 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 going out the wire to see who's going to finish second.
3: Yeah, he had played against us the week before the uh 1s the week before. So, I think he was fit. It may have just been uh, selection. Uh, decision from Forsen, probably. But um, yeah, we we have a second listener question um, from the same division, and it comes from Matthew Hartshorn. And Matt Hartshorn says, guys, we'd love to know your thoughts on leg side-wides. Do you think that they are too lenient on leg side-wides from Division 2 downwards? For me, way too much is let go by umpires. So guys, what are our thoughts?
2: Well, our umpire has got a bit of a, and I know some people don't like this, um, and, and, and there's one or two names I won't mention them who've, who've moaned and said, oh, we don't really like that. But what our umpire does is you'll let the first wide go, um, even if it's quite wide down the leg side, and then any subsequent wides down the leg side, he, he wides. So he'll let you have one, but he won't let you have two, even if the second one is almost brushing the pad. Um, sometimes people can feel a bit hard done by, but He's consistent at least, um, and that's all you can ask for. Um, we don't. I, I'd agree. You don't want to be allowing four or five leg side, even if they're just down the leg side. You don't want to be letting four or five and over down um, the leg side. Um, but whether it's one or two and over, I don't really think it's so much of an issue. I know in the in the higher divisions they're a bit bit more strict on it, but for me, we are playing a lower a lower level of cricket, and you know it's not because they want to put it down the leg side it's because sometimes that's just where it ends up
0: (laughs) yeah
3: i think Uh, i think for division yeah i think for division two um it's definitely been something that's quite frustrating that i've noticed having moved down for division one and find slightly frustrating because you do kind of feel like especially when you're getting in Division One, you're kind of if it goes down leg side, obviously it's a, it's it's just a wide automatically, and it, it forces the bowlers to bowl. Would we say correctly? Um, but I mean, you kind of you don't get away with as much, and you can kind of as sometimes as a batsman, I guess you feel that the bowler can stick it down leg far enough that sometimes they'll get away with it, and you won't not not necessarily going to hit it all the time, and it's just as good as kind of bowling it extreme wide as well so you kind of get good balls or wide sometimes but um yeah i don't know whether like, especially i guess it's different for division four down to eight as you mentioned ollie it's probably less it's it's something that's not really meant <laughs> and i guess you could it could end up extending the game quite a long a, a, a longer period than uh, would be intended
2: yeah
0: i yeah. think but, um just down here in Division Seven, we haven't got a lot of teams who've come with umpires this season, and I think it's very difficult when you have players who are umpiring um, to be to have that consistency. That's the word Oliver used a few minutes ago, and I think as long as if you have an umpire who's consistent, that is absolutely fine. Because you know where you are and if you bat anything, well, that's not going to be given wide. I'm going to have a go at that. That's absolutely fine. But there aren't enough teams who've got enough players a lot of the time. And, you know, to expect teams to bring an umpire as well, it, it's... I think it's too much to ask down here to to have that. Or you can ask for if a team bring an umpire as long as he's consistent for both sides. That's really all you can ask. You can expect players to do that because one player will see it differently to another. For me,
1: it's a simple thing of the captains start of the game. What are we doing? What are we doing with leg side? Because it's different for win lose cricket than it is win lose draw. And also, it's common sense has to be applied in the you know, if you've got some young lad who's starting out in cricket in Division 7 or 6 or, or wherever and he bowls a couple of balls down the legs, so you start widening him, that's his confidence gone. Or her, or a young girl, her confidence gone. And it's, it's kind of you have to have a little bit of common sense as far as that's concerned but it is league cricket and we we know that's league cricket so you agree before the start of the game what what what's what's the situation with leg side wides the two captains agree whether you've got umpires or not so you either agree with the standing umpire or you agree between yourselves what you're going to do and that's how you play the game and i think if you do that there's no issue generally um you know i played in a game where the umpire said right it's profile wide leg side. So if the batsman steps inside it and it goes down out and misses, goes outside leg stump, I'm not going to call it wide if it would have hit him where he was standing. <laughs> so there's lots of different interpretations. I think you just need to have the common sense in these lower divisions, agree it before the start of the game and apply it.
3: Well, fair enough. Anyway, any more thoughts on Division 7 before we move on to Division 8? I know you
1: were chomping at the bit to say something at some point, Slats. Uh, I just think... um Coton Hall will be looking at this season and kicking themselves because they had a fantastic start to the season, um, winning six out of the first 10 games, and then they've won one game in the second half so far. And, uh, yeah, they, they will be kicking themselves, especially having gone down. They were my pick to get promoted this year and because they were such a strong side last year, unlucky to get relegated, I thought, along with Corvedale, unlucky to get relegated. Um and yeah, I am just so so surprised that if, that if anybody's kicking themselves at the end of this season it'll be Coton Hall in this division. Um Forton and Condover are two very good sides and that's gonna be really interesting to see how that works its way out uh this this weekend, last game of the season for them. But yeah, I'm very surprised by Coton Hall. That's it.
3: Yeah, fourth and Second 11 finished 10th in 2019, 11th in 2021, 7th last season, all in Division 7 and then this season fin- finding themselves in second. So that's got to be for me probably the best performance of any side this season. Um yeah, they've then, had an influx
1: of players from, yeah. you know, from 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 St George's. that's no secret. They've had that, mm. but they've they still got to put a team together and make that work and they've done that really well. And then you probably look at or Brighton's side,
3: who finished third in Division Seven last season, obviously had availability issues, it seems, but finishing bottom. And then probably, like you mentioned, the three sides who came down for Division Six are in fifth, sixth, and seventh. And obviously, there's not uh, there's not a great deal of you know points between them and second, third, fourth, etc. But like we said, you'd probably have expected those guys to be at the top, especially given that Corvdale and Quatt's were first and second in division seven in twenty twenty one and mm-hmm. um you'd have probably backed those sides to be at the top end of the table. But um Ian Alderson quickly um just quick two two teams who do you think's had who's who's had the best season and who do you think would be the most disappointed?
0: Probably all Brighton are going to be the most disappointed. Obviously they're bottom but I think Fortin are probably going to be the most happy with their season at the moment because they have strengthened and they have just gelled as a team. We played them a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. We beat them at our place early on in the season and to be fair to them, they weren't very good that day, but we played them at their place a couple of weeks ago and they were were a lot better side. They were better bowling. They have more bowling in depth. And and they fielded quite well. Um, so I think Fortin have had a very good season. Stewart will be looking back on this season, he'll be thinking he's done very well. And mm. if he can finish second, he'll be over the moon, I'm gonna say.
3: Great stuff. And on that note, we'll move ourselves on to our final division. And everyone's favorite, yes, it's division eight. <laughs> so leading the way in division eight as they have since week three so so close to have led it all season they were in second place in week one and third place in week two the reason for that was because they lost the first game of the season to beacon and they were the only two teams to have played and then they were abandoned in week two but then have been Pretty much won all the time, apart from a couple of games. But they have tailed off towards the end. And we head into the final week for four of the sides here. And uh, leading the way, as we mentioned, are Gillsfield, second 11. They are on 239 points. They have got one game left. Keyside are in second on 220 points. They have got one game left. Then in third place are Kyglass, second 11. They've got 198 points. Now, they've got two games left. In fourth place are Cherks second 11. They also have two games left, but they are on 169 points. In fifth place and sixth place, they've both got one game left. Our Beacon third 11 with 161, and four points behind them are Sentinel in sixth. So, when we're talking about this, if we look at week 19 as it is, Kai Glass and Chirk are still technically week 18. So if you look at it that way, Kai Glass at this point are two points ahead of where Keyside were after this many games. Keyside were on 196 points the week before, and Kai Glass find themselves on 198. Chirk, 169, that still keeps them in fourth place. Now, Starting from the top, the top two sides they can get a maximum of twenty-five points because they can get the full win, lose, draw, and an official point if they want to. Uh, th- that means that Gillsfield can finish first. Uh, Keyside can finish first if uh, Gillsfield do not pick up any more than five points. So if Ke- Keyside, if Gillsfield gets six points, then there's a tie. But they are both playing each other that final game of the season. Kai Glass, they can finish in first place as well. They can get 248 points, so they they want to make sure that Guildford get no more than eight points in this final game for them to still be in contention. Chirk Second Eleven can only finish a maximum of third place because they can get 219 points, so they would finish just behind Keyside. And again. Uh, they'd have to make sure that Kai Glass get no more than 20-odd points. Uh, Beacon and Sentinel, they can both finish a maximum of fourth uh, because they can both get 186 and 182 points. Now, these final games of the season, Kai Glass play Beacon and Sentinel play Chirk. And then the week after, Chirk and Kai Glass play each other in the final game where no one else plays. But the big game next week is Keyside versus Gillsfield, which will kind of give us an idea as to whether Kai Glass have got a chance. <laughs> it's
1: just incredible, isn't it? Because you look at the form, you look at you're talking about Kai Glass having a chance, but if you take the from week fourteen, they've uh, or we've take take it from the, the last four weeks they've played, they've lost three of the last four games. So you just don't know what's going to happen, do you? Are they going to win the last two games? Who knows? I mean, they you know they played Keyside and Gillsfield in three of those games, but it's just you can't you can't put a run of form together in this division and say this team's definitely going to do that because they've all beaten each other on numerous occasions. It's great.
3: Yeah, and you look at you look at Chirk as well, a side who have pretty much been bottom all season. They've been bottomed since week three till week 16. Then week 17 pulled themselves into fifth place. Week 18 were in fifth place. And then this week they are now in four. So they've been in the bottom two pretty much all season. Just pulled themselves out with a great run of form. Um, (laughs) The complete opposite. Yeah, (laughs) They've
1: won three of the last four. So it's like,
3: wow. And you look at Beacon Threes and where they've been punished is concessions. Uh, they've had two games conceded this season. Uh, mm-hmm. The only other side to have a game conceded in this division have been Chirk, second eleven. But yeah, what are our thoughts, guys? Uh, division eight—it's—it's looking—it's looking like it's going to be a blockbuster last game of the season next week, isn't it?
0: I, well, I was just going to say it's hasn't it been a fantastic division because not twelve months ago, but at the start of the season when we knew there was a sixth team division, we were saying, oh my goodness me, that's, this is never going to work. You know, um, how's it going to be? But it has been a superb division because everybody has beaten everybody. I mean, Keyside beat Gillsfield last week to bring them back. It looked like Gillsfield were going to be running away with it. Keyside won them actually quite convincingly. You know, uh, it was uh, seven points to 24. So, you know, and now they've got to play each other again this week, you would think that with Kai Glass's form, it is going to be the winner of that game uh, or the most the win, the one who wins the most points in that game is going to win that division. But on the whole, what a tremendous division that's been. What a great advert for the bottom of the um, Shropshire pyramid.
2: Yeah, I think it's fantastic. You know, we've mentioned before, we were a bit, like you've just said, we were a bit uncertain about this division. But it's it's just really really good. I think and as I've just just counting up. I think there's only four occasions where one of the teams has won the, both games back to back. In every other in every other double header, it's gone one way or the other. Uh, you know, one one team's won one week and the next other team's fought back the week after and won it. Um, yes, the abandoned games and the weather's had a bit of an impact on that and it sort of skews that a little bit, but. There's only four occasions where teams have won both their games against the club two weeks on the drop. Um, so it's just really, really good. I think it's you know it's a win really. I think it's just fantastic. And you know I've said before it's just nice to go. Oh, well, you've got one over this on this week, lads. But we'll uh, we'll see what we can do next week against you. And it's just renewing rivalries. You you remember how players have played if they've got any weaknesses if they've got any strengths. It just it's easier to remember from last Saturday than it is from. 11, 12 weeks ago when you left last- uh, yes. any other division, you know, you go, Oh, Oh, wasn't this guy, the guy who gets out at Cow Corner every time or, or whatever, but oh. actually, no, I see, remember from see that what back.
1: you see, what you did there.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, th- th- this way you can go, Oh, last week we got him out in this way. Or last week he was pretty strong in the, in these areas. Let's sort of, I think it's fantastic. I think it's just worked really, really well from, you know, there's there's no illusions. It's come about because there was a problem and there was, you know, an awkward amount of teams. But the way it's turned out, I think, has been a great success. Yeah, I just think it's been brilliant. And I think the teams have
1: embraced it as well. That makes all the differences. They've got stuck in and, and, and I think they've enjoyed it. And if you look at it, it's three teams from sort of Wales, effectively, and three teams from Shrewsbury. So it's kind of... You know it's kind of worked I, I just yeah i i just think it's been brilliant and hey christ we've had uh, you know a soap superstar in the division as well although i haven't seen his name down very often lately for gillsfield mark little but i, I just think it's been a really fun division and i'm sure i i i hope they've had as much fun playing it as we've had talking about it because it's been brilliant for for me anyway but um yeah i i I'm so pleased nobody's run away with it and it's right coming down to the wire um and could be one of three teams that could win the league i think that's brilliant yes
3: agreed so guys uh going going through uh i don't think we'll do who's had the best season and who'd be the most surprising because who knows (laughs) who knows and it's all been pretty tight and uh but what i'll say is Let's pick who's going to win it. Who's going to win it? One team around the Zoom. Who's going to win it? Ian Alderson, Gillsfield, Ollie Griffiths,
0: Gillsfield,
1: Slats. Uh, head says Gillsfield. Heart says, "Come on, Kai Glass. Let's see what you got." <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then, so just so it rounds it out, I'll go. Go on then, Keyside. Let's 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 go for you as well then. So there we go. And that brings it an end to this and we'll go on to our final section. So as we move on to our final section, the next podcast that we will be doing will be getting the boys all around the table and the season will have finished, which means we will be able to organize a night when we can all meet up. And it's not um, genuinely 20 to 12 in the evening when we're finishing the podcast. Um, but yeah we will all try and get it all together and uh first of all would I, I would like to say thank you all for listening throughout the season um this has been quite a big year for the podcast we've upped the number of episodes we've tried to push our output out um if you are interested in sponsoring the podcast next year feel free to get in touch Basically, we're now at the point where uh, we do still do all of this for free. We do not make a single penny. We didn't make a penny from Warwickshire. We didn't make a penny from anything else. So everything is not for profit. So we are now at the point where, if we do need to improve the product, that's where we need to kind of go to. Unfortunately, guys, uh, but we are going. We are going to be putting some stuff in the process in the off season to bring a bigger and better product back for you, the listeners and the viewers and the subscribers and the people who follow us on our various social media things so that we can kind of give you loads more content. And may I also say to the boys who are on the podcast, thank you so much guys. And well done. We've made it to through a whole season of podcasting who would have ever thought it we've done more than two in a year.
1: (laughs) It's been brilliant. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Honestly, it's uh, yeah, it's been great to catch up with the lads and uh Having got on a a cricket field with uh, Mr. Alderson and friend of the podcast and occasional guest, the uh, least offensive Aussie we all know, which is Graham Hughes. Uh, Yeah, really good fun.
3: Yes. Um, And yeah, um, if you are interested, another thing, uh, Sunday, uh, Cow Corner Sunday 11 that Ian played for the other week. Uh, If you are interested in hosting us and want to give us a game of cricket, um, get in touch as well. Um, Ian, it was great fun, wasn't it?
0: It was absolutely super. It was a lovely day. The best bit was walking through the fireworks. Oh, absolutely fantastic. It was great, wasn't, <laughs> it, was great, <laughs> wasn't it? Walking out I to bat on with on all eBay the fireworks. To see how much they were.
3: <laughs> Getting for all the, get the future Corvedale games. Yeah.
0: That's exactly right.
3: <laughs> or just, just have enough for yourself every time you go out to bat in. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, <laughs> you just need to
1: just need a sparkler when Ian goes out to bat because it'll still, it'll still be going when he comes back. <laughs> but yeah, Ooh. if you oh, if you do. <laughs> But yeah,
3: um, uh, as we said, our next podcast will be the end of season review where we'll be going through and we'll be reviewing everything. And we'll also be looking probably deeper into the possible the possibilities for how many teams are going to go up, how many teams are gonna go down. Um, because by that point, hopefully the playoffs will have finished, we've got an idea of what's happened, um, and we'll be able to deep dive into it and we'll look through the whole season. Um, so as always. If you're interested in coming on the podcast this year, next year, or even in the winter, get in contact with us, send us a a message on either our socials or send us an email to cowcornerpodcast at gmail.com. If you ever have any questions that you want to put on the podcast, ideas for segments, anything um again send it in through the same stuff if you want to come on the podcast as i said um you can do it via that um but yeah once again thank you all so much for your support we do this just for the love of the game and for the love of cricket um and hopefully you all enjoy it too Go well, everyone, for the final two weeks of the season. I hope you all get the results that you that you need. I know that's impossible, but, um, you know, um, that's the kind of people we are. Anyway, boys, uh, I will leave you a little segment to say thank you very much to people if you would like.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure again this year. i um, um, had lots of uh, people... Um, asking about the podcast and saying, oh, it's nice to put a face to the name um, and the voice. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it, it's good to know that um, someone is actually listening to these in- inane ramblings that we go on, at, at, uh, as James said, 20 to 12 at night or from Turkey or from um, where else have I been abroad <laughs> when we've done this. So, um, yeah, thanks. Thanks very much for listening. And uh, like I said, it's been a pleasure. Thank you
3: slats is speechless there we go and on that bombshell (laughs) we'll say thank you very much
2: until
0: the next episode thanks guys goodbye thank you very much indeed james Good good night